Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. My name is Jeanette Abney. I want to thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio, where today is Tuesday, and on Tuesday, today is the day that we do the show from the pulpit to the couch. You will receive biblical teachings from myself as well as someone else, hopefully that will call in, that is connected in ministry or leadership or that is a Bible scholar. And we do these shows to try to help individuals that are struggling in a lot of different areas in their life, whether it's with their Christian walk, whether they're dealing with relational issues, raising their children, or even dealing with personal issues within themselves. Now, today's topic has to do with accountability. But before I even get started with the topic, I want to first give honor to God, who is my head of my home, a higher power. I want to thank him, thank him, thank him for all that he's done and all that he's going to do in my life. Now, I know a lot of us have been watching television, watching, listening, what's going on with social media. And I'm noticing, I don't know about yourself, but there's a lot of finger pointing. There's a lot of blaming. There's a lot of somewhat underlying shaming. I was talking to a person today and I was laughing and they thought I was laughing at them. And I had to let the person know I wasn't laughing at them. I was just laughing. But when we start talking about accountability, which is the topic for today's show. Today's show is designed to address accountability because as a believer, many understand that they are accountable to a higher power. However, it appears that many individuals struggle as they are frustrated as it relates to holding one accountable for their actions. My question is, who are you accountable for? And who are you accountable to? And that is a very interesting question to ask an individual because a lot of times I notice that most individuals get the word accountability confused with responsibility. Now, on some of the shows, we've done shows in regards to responsibility. We talked about letting things go, taking action. I've addressed this subject coming from many different directions. But still, I want to know, how can we learn how to hold individuals accountable? Now, I want to know your thoughts. So if you want to call in and you want to discuss this subject, give me a call at 516-387-1914. Because we have a lot of things that we need to do better. And I always say when we know better, we do better. And it seems like some individuals just want to do whatever the heck they want to do and thinking that they can just get away with it. And it's a learned behavior, as some would say. But even as a kid, parents try to teach their children to be responsible, to take care of You know, you never who's watching you. So I find that to be interesting. I'm going to read what I posted on my Facebook page as I put the information out. And I said, when it comes to accountability, what are your thoughts? As we watch the news, individuals are demanding that we hold the police accountable. 
And even though we went through the protests of what happened to George Floyd, now we have another police shooting that appeared, I believe it was in Wisconsin. Thank God the man didn't pass. But his children witnessed that shooting. And when you start talking about holding the police accountable, what can we do? We did protesting. You know, we, we, we write letters. We go to our congressmen. We go, what more can we do to hold people accountable? And who's going to hold them accountable? Not only with the police, but also individuals in leadership positions need to be held accountable, including myself, you know, as a business owner. There are certain things that I have to do that I'm going to be held accountable for. Parents are told that they have to be accountable for their children. Now, as a believer, there's accountability to a higher power. But do you know the difference and responsibility? So, again, let's talk about it. Now, I'm waiting on some of the individuals that normally join me on Tuesdays to call in. I haven't heard from them yet, so I can't blame them, can't say, you know, what a person did, what a person didn't do. But I also want to let the listeners know out there to please keep my God, Brother Delano Blackwell, in prayer as he is struggling and dealing with some things and definitely need a spiritual healing. So please keep him in, in prayer. He's been on our show quite a few times. Now, when we talk about accountability, and considering that this show is basically for believers as well as non-believers, but I have some information in regards to what is accountability in Christianity. We are being accountable when we are, or when we live good, pure lives. By this, we show God that we are serving him and that we are loyal to him. We are accountable when we live in obedience to God's word. Now, that right there is very powerful because a lot of times it goes back to what I said earlier, where a lot of times individuals want to do what they want to do. And part of it also comes with not only responsibility, but also with maturity. Now, and I'm going to ring while I'm on the air, which it's always too. But when we start talking about spirit, I mean, being mature, I'm looking at something, and it's coming from JacksonSun.com, and they talk about a true sign of spirit mature, spiritual maturity is in a person, or when they may be, or when they hold themselves accountable to a higher standard. Now, in Christianity, we strive for accountability. We, sometimes we fall short. Sometimes we wind up in trouble. Sometimes, like they say, we might wind up, on, wind up on the wrong side of history. However, we're striving, or we should be striving for accountability, or in regards to living right and doing things the way we are supposed to be doing. Now, there are four areas in which we must be spiritually accountable. First, we must be accountable to ourselves. Now, a lot of times when we're seeing individuals that are out of control, like one of my co-therapists used to tell me I was a hot mess, we have to first hold ourselves 
accountable. Now, I don't know what a lot of police officers are thinking when they're out there. I mean, I, I can't say. I don't know what a lot of parents are thinking when they're doing things that maybe they shouldn't be doing. But by that same token, we still got, it starts first with ourselves. And the Lord has already done his part. So now it's up to us where we choose to spend eternity. It is your decision, what you choose to feed your mind, whether it's through music, through books, through television, through TV, through radio, even through political and social rhetoric. A lot of times that plays a role. Now, in Felicians 2.12, it says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Meaning, I must be spiritually accountable to myself, and that is why I gave each of us something we call a conscience. Now, I was watching the news this morning, and they were saying, and they always say that when there's a police shooting that the individual is on administrative leave or paid leave. But I wonder what happens with their conscience, meaning are they having nightmares? Are they, you know, because first of all, secondary trauma is no joke. Even when we start talking about PTSD and anxiety and the stress that individuals are under, but what about their conscience? How do some people live with some of the things that they do? And sometimes even some of the things that they say. And I'm not trying to judge anyone, but what I'm saying is, and I want people to think about, is their conscience. Don't let anyone or anything take away your spiritual freedom. When we start talking about that, even with our, as it relates to our conscience, we've been dealing with our right to worship, our right to be an ethical person, there has got to be a point where you stand your ground as a believer. Even the cop, your parent, what are you doing when it comes to your conscience to make sure you are doing what you're supposed to be doing? Now, I'm looking at something, and it goes into Matthew 10:37, and it says, Jesus said, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Too many individuals let other things get in the way of their higher power or their priority than God. We owe it to ourselves to give ourselves the opportunity to grow spiritually. Now, so remember, first person, we have to be accountable to ourselves. The second, we must be accountable to our family. Husbands need to be the spiritual leaders in their family. And that's an Ephesian. But many of our men, especially our black men, we're losing them to jail, to drugs. It's so much stuff going on in the world today to where we need our men. We need our husbands, our fathers, our brothers, our sons. And they need to be accountable to their families. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself his savior. Men don't always wait for your wife to make the first move when it comes to spirituality. A lot of times we find that 
women like to be in charge. Women like to be in authority. Women like to take over. But by that same token, we still got to go back to the order the way it's supposed to be. Wives ought to set good examples for their husbands, especially if they are unbelieving. And I found that a lot. I know that many individuals are, you know, because we can't go to church right now because of COVID. So I remember one of the ladies on the radio show, she said she's a Zoom member, a Zoom church member. And I was like, wow, because that's what it's pretty much boiled down to. But it doesn't mean we have to stop praying. It doesn't mean we have to stop worshiping. It doesn't mean that we're just trying to fellowship in a different way. But by that same token, I know that there's a lot of times we used to see more women in the church than we saw men in the church. And a lot of times the men were struggling with being a believer. However, wives don't stop praying for them. Fathers and mothers need to teach their children the ways of the Lord through Bible study, studying God's work in nature, and showing your children the right priorities by example that are very important. And also, we teach our children how to be responsible, and we teach them about accountability. In Proverbs 22.6, it says, train up a child in the way they should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And that right there is like, wow. Because a lot of times when we are instilling things and investing in our children, we want the best for our children. But then we see our children go astray. So the viewers on my radio show yesterday, listening, you hear my son was getting on my last nerve. But, and I know I got more than one, it's just that last one. But I do know he knows better. I do know that he knows God. But sometimes our children will make choices that we may not agree with. And then we have to try to figure out a way of how can we hold them accountable because they will be held accountable. The third indicates we must be accountable to the world. We as believers are called to be the light to the world, a spiritual city that cannot be hidden, a bright light on a lampstand, and non-Christians have the right to see that believers love one another and share a very special fellowship. Even in John 13, 35, it indicates this is one of the most important aspects of the Great Commission, and in Matthew 28, 18 to 29, in that the world must see something different about us that's worth having. And fourth, and most importantly, we must be accountable to God. In Romans 14, 12, it states, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God, why we should be accountable to God. Because he loves us so much that he sent his beloved son to die in our place, even while we were still sinners. In Romans 5, 8, and therefore, he deserves our love, respect, obedience, and loyalty, because Jesus paid a debt that we did not owe upon the cross. And that right there, we start talking about accountability and trying to be held accountable. And I indicated earlier that 
being accountable is when we live a good, pure life. We show God that we are serving him as we are loyal to him. And a lot of times, like I said, individuals get in trouble, individuals struggle with things, but how and what is a person to do? I want to hear your thoughts. Again, give me a call, 516-387-1914. And I'm going to go on and I'm going to look at my Facebook to see if I have any questions, any comments, what some of the individuals are saying. I know I put this information out last minute, and I do need to do better. So I hold myself accountable when it comes to that. Now, I'm looking at some of the things that was even posted, and it talks about just some of the little images. And I saw something that was really, really interesting. And it had an arrow, and the arrow was pointing in a lot of different ways. And it was pointing, it was saying, not me, their fault, his fault, her fault. A lot of times we are so busy pointing the finger at other people till we fail to realize what role are we playing in this. Now, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm also the owner of J.A. Precious Inc. and the Center for the Treatment of Addiction, where I work with a lot of different individuals from all walks of life, whether it's dealing with individuals that have mental health issues, relational issues, substance abuse issues, whether it's dealing with domestic violence, child abuse, there's a lot of different topics and a lot of different things that I do. Part of what I do, especially when it's a court referral, is the courts are holding individuals accountable for their actions and sending them the program. They bear an accountability because their job is to complete the services, learn skills, to do something different. When we talk about mental health, we are all responsible for our own mental health. So individuals finding now are reaching out to therapists in a lot of different ways. Now let me log on one of the callers and thank her for calling in. Good morning, Miss Michelle. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Miss Jeanette? You know what? I'm doing I'm doing well. I need to go home. I haven't been home since Thursday night, so I'm quite sure my dog. Oh yeah. Happy. So thank God I got somebody oh, in the house. Oh, I should be watching that dog. No, somebody's there. You, call me up. I'll babysit the dog. <laughs> somebody's there, but I just I'm still up in the LA area, so I haven't been home yet. So I guess today, after I get finished seeing clients, I'll go home because I got some telehealth stuff I got to do. But, yeah, I haven't been home since Thursday. I'm like, I need to go home. But I don't feel like driving. That drive be kicking my butt. Got the miles. It's like, yeah, I know. It's getting further and further and further away. But it's all good. It's all good. So when we talk about today's topic, Michelle, accountability, you know, a lot of times individuals like to blame other individuals for what's going on in their life, for what has happened in their life. And we really... The punishment sometimes will never fit the crime. But I want to talk about accountability. What is your thoughts when we talk about accountability? Well, I mean, you have to be accountable for your actions. And even though I must say that sometimes your actions 
might speak louder than what your words are. And some mm-hmm. people might take your actions the wrong way. But mm-hmm. um, accountability, I mean, it has to be accountable for, you know, if you're wrong, you're wrong. If you did something right, great. If you did something wrong or you offended someone, you just have to be accountable for it and say, you know, that wasn't my intention and I'm apologizing or whatever. So be accountable for it. And I teach my mm-hmm. kids that too. So, and as far as accountability in regards to, I came in on the last part of something about a court court case. You know, you have to be accountable to the county because if they mm-hmm. have your kids and you're not accountable to them, they're going to keep your kids. Mm-hmm. So that is true. That is so so true. And see, and a lot of times individuals get frustrated because they don't want to accept responsibility because they think that what they're doing is right. And sometimes you have to choose your battles. And well, that you know me. I, I learned my good. lesson the hard way by choosing my battles. I didn't choose them the first time the right way, but I don't know that it would have made a difference. The second time, you know, after spending 15 years of helping foster kids, and then being put in that position the second time, I learned it. It's just, uh, it's interesting how a lot of people can commend you for your accountability, but when it comes down to it, if the social worker doesn't want that child going home, they can still make comments like, well, I guess we don't have enough evidence to really contest closing the case but we have concerns that the mother is staging all mm-hmm. the observations. Gotcha. And you know what, Michelle? And the thing is, there's a way we have to hold people in authority accountable because a lot of times, and we've done shows in regards to the foster care system, we know that the court system is a broken system when it comes even to the criminal justice center system, whether it's the child welfare or even if it's even in family court or, you know, I've seen a lot of things happen and I was just want to shake my head and like, wow. And I'm only one person. Right. And a lot of times when you go to an individual and you question why they made a decision, sometimes it's more personal. It goes back to a parent, like a parent saying, because I said so. And if they don't care for a person or an individual, or maybe they may not even understand that individual's thought process or lifestyle, but they still need to be held accountable because it goes back to what I was talking about earlier, which is having to do with a conscience. Sometimes individuals, they're like, they don't have no conscience. I wonder how some people go to sleep at night with some of the decisions that they make. And I, even in therapy, I tell my clients, make a decision you can live with. If you can live with right. that decision, then don't second-guess yourself. But don't play Russian roulette with people's lives. Because even in the child welfare system, when those children reach the age of emancipation, which is 18, many of them either wind up on drugs, they some wind up homeless, some make it, but then some still want to go back to their family of origin because that's all they know. So where the system right. is designed or supposed to be healthy, sometimes they make things worse. 
And then I found that individuals sometimes that are making the decisions, their lives be so screwed up. So we've had social workers and judges and lawyers, they get in trouble for child abuse, child endangerment, and child neglect too. Because sometimes they feel they have a sense of entitlement. But it's holding individuals accountable. And that's that's where a lot of times we run into problems. Yeah, and that's that way, like you said, in family law, juvenile law, criminal law, you know, um, because the system is messed up. It's broken. It needs some help. It needs, and and you know what, and and I'm not saying we need to be a touchy-feely society, because that's where a lot of us, I say us, that's where a lot of individuals are conflicted with politics, is because you got one saying we're going to do this, one is saying they're going to do that. I'm not saying be touchy-feely. What I'm saying is we need to go back to the basics and holding individuals accountable, making sure that we can trust what a person say, making sure that there's no hidden agendas. You know, there's people are in touch with their own biases. There's a lot of work that needs to be done, a lot of work. You know, like I said, I had a person call me today, and I started laughing. They thought I was laughing at them. I wasn't laughing at them. I was laughing. I used laughing sometimes as a defense mechanism. And I apologized and told the person I wasn't laughing at them. But it still doesn't mean that they believe me because they don't know me. But I want to give some information in regards to five ways to demonstrate leadership accountability and ensure it in others. And this is something that I'm looking at, and it's from Eagle Flight. And it talks about accountability occurs when individual reliably deliver on their commitment, showing others that they can be trusted to do what they say they will do. Now, leaders further demonstrate accountability by taking responsibility for the outcome of their actions and decisions and successfully transforming efforts into results. Now, that right there is powerful because you know, we have an election coming up. Some individuals want to vote. Some individuals say, why vote? Some individuals say people talk, but they don't do anything. You know, and then I hear people say, well, what are you doing for this community, that community? And, I mean, I was watching the um, Republican convention. I said, this looks like an infomercial. I'm like, what in the world is this? I saw so much blaming and pointing a finger, and I'm like, but, You've had at least three and a half years to work on so many things. Uh, what did you do? You know, and and it's to the point to where people are tired of it, and individuals don't want to own their boo-boos, their mistakes. If I make a mistake, if I mess something up, okay, I admit I messed up. If I know, like I said, girl, the other day I was trying to put the show out. Michelle, I wrote the wrong phone number. I had to write under it up, excuse me, I wrote the wrong phone up. <laughs> you know, just something that simple. But sometimes individuals get mad when you call them on their stuff or when you bring it to their attention. What do you think that's about? Well, because, you know, they get mad because they don't know how to fit. They take what you say wrong or what you did wrong. I shouldn't say wrong. I know. Or they take it the way they perceive it, maybe, is the way. Mm-hmm. It's the perception. Everybody's perception is different. And, mm-hmm. and you know, with my personality, 
people can say, oh, she's very assertive, very aggressive. Yes. But I also have a mm-hmm. heart of gold. doesn't mean that I'm, you know, a bad person or a good person. You know, I mean, I try to be a good person and do what's best. You know, um, I don't go out of my way to hurt people, but sometimes people perceptions, they just can't let go of the perception, I guess. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? You know what? And that is, that is so true. And um, even when I first met you, and we had a long conversation. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> but I never judged you. I was very honest with you. You knew that mm-hmm. if I did something, you could trust it. I wasn't saying right. things based on my own biases. So a lot of times individuals struggle with that because we do, especially when you're in the field of working with other people. You know, there's a way that you can redirect someone or teach them how to do things differently without trying to force it upon them. Now, I'm looking at something, and it says, let the quality of your work and decisions be the gold standard against which the performance of others can be measured. Who is it? Okay, give me one second. We're going to finish at the door. Uh, Thank you. Michelle, you can keep talking. Oh, I'm just saying that, I mean, yeah, and they judge you like, for example, you know, I, and you know I've gotten services, uh, the team of services that I've gotten, um, mm-hmm. you know, because they've, and they've seen observations, even though with this COVID, I record things. Yeah, they're not always here in the house, but people have seen me with my kids and how I am, and I'm not saying mm-hmm. I'm a perfect mom, but, you know, when they see all the good stuff, they don't want to acknowledge, oh, you know, maybe, and mom's willing to do this, and mom's willing to do that, and mom's showing us she's trying, or dad Mm -hmm. is, whether it's mom or dad or aunt or grandma. Uh, You know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I know that. One of the things, one of the things I give you credit for, Michelle, is you do have a heart of gold. You, you have changed in way you communicate with individuals. You learn to do things differently. Um, you know, I, I watched you go through a lot of different things, and I watched you mature in a lot of areas. But the part of it is sometimes individuals get into power struggles. And it's like, I'll right. show you. Or the pen is mightier than the sword. So you have to choose your battles which is some of the things that, you know, you and I have had numerous conversations about. And people may have always thought that I was lenient on you, but I was never lenient on you. I was just honest with you. And I'll just never forget when your husband looked me in my face and said, she don't listen to nobody but you. (laughs) I said, well, I do listen to other people. what they say, I guess... And I looked at that when, when you told me that before, and then my husband told me that, I said, well, you know, I really respect her a lot. And it's not that I didn't respect others. I think that I, looking back, had a lot on my shoulders. And too many, I had a lot of people telling me different ways to go and do things. And if I had just eliminated all the cooks in the chicken, cooks mm-hmm. in the kitchen and the chickens, only one chicken, two chickens, three chickens and did what 
you know what, instead of putting everybody else's thoughts in this, oh, you should do this or you should do that. You know, no, that's not good. Do it this way. Do it that way. You know, and when he, I mean, and in his eyes, you're right. I didn't listen to a lot of people. I listened to people that I respected. I listened to him. I mean, a lot of times, a lot of times we didn't agree or disagree, disagree, but I listened to him. Whether I took that advice is a different story. Correct. um, But it goes. It goes back to what I was talking about earlier in regards to the husband being the, the head and being responsible for the family. And see, and it was interesting that bringing him up, I'm, I'm like, wow, because he was silent but deadly because nobody wanted to listen to him. But when he spoke, we had to listen because he knew what he was talking about. I knew he knew what he was talking right. about. <laughs> and, I mean, you know, everyone said, oh, you know, her husband's He's so quiet. He's so this. He's so, well, trust me. You know, I was sitting in our living room one day when we had a CPS worker come to our house and say, well, I'm coming about a complaint, and I guess it's called conduct in the mucle. You know what that is? No, I'm, I, I know what the conduct part okay. is, but I don't know what the part is. Well, the conduct in the mucle means it's inappropriate conduct. Okay. So when, mm-hmm. And I, I kind of just sat there and didn't say nothing. I was like, what? And I knew it from working in family law because that was a term they used a lot when they said the parents were, you know, being conducting the mutual in front of the kids. Mm. And so I called up my attorney that I worked with, and I asked him. He said, what? He said, that's not – who's giving that? I said, I don't know. So when I looked at my husband, I felt bad for the social worker. She was – never seen her before, and I knew a lot of workers in the county. And he just looked at her and said – I don't know what the F you're talking about, but to get the F out of my house. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my God. And I said, look at him, and I said, you know what? Now the next time somebody says, are you in trouble because you opened your mouth? No, it ain't me. It was you. You opened your mouth. But see, but okay. that, goes back so, to, that, mm-hmm, that goes back to what I'm talking about, because, because right. just that alone would make a social worker then take things personal because they got kicked out of the home, and then now you got a problem. And then now you got, you know, other issues, but then the individual has to be held accountable if they took it personal and start doing things and want to remove kids and mad because they're mad at the parents. But the parents are like, wait a minute, you're coming into my home trying to tell us things that are happening that may not even been happening. So... I want to share with the listeners, and we talk about lead by example. Now, when we talk about that, especially in leadership, we want to see individuals that are holding themselves accountable because individuals demonstrate ability through their actions that they are setting the pace for leadership and performance excellence. They're showing others how to be accountable for doing what they say they'll do. Now, leaders can come from all walks of life. They, they really can. And a lot of times, individuals underestimate other people. It was a long time, Michelle, before I realized that I had leadership ability. I know you have leadership ability, but sometimes oh, individuals... Oh, well, thank you, but I don't want it. Oh, you said I don't want it. <laughs> no, you do have no. great leadership ability. <laughs> and some people don't want it. I didn't ask to be a leader either. But sometimes I know that I stand out in a crowd. 
I know that when I'm at a meeting and things need to be said, I know how to say what needs to be said in a way to get other people to listen. It's one of the things that I had to right. learn, to not just be running my mouth, but to say something and, and have some substance in regards to what I'm saying. Now, there's certain behaviors that comes with that. Discipline. Staying on track. Not getting derailed by competing priorities or desires. A lot of times, and I think that's one of the things we've been seeing, especially when I'm watching the news, and I'm just watching like, oh, my God, did they really just say that? A lot of individuals are pointing the finger, blaming other individuals, competing with other individuals, and we need, we got some work we need to be done. So we really need some strong leaders, and they need to be disciplined. The next one is integrity, being honest about the likelihood of delivery on commitments and apologizing when something goes wrong. Integrity, character. You know, that plays a big role in accountability as well as in leadership. What do you think about integrity, Michelle? Well, I know that I think sometimes when, and you probably would agree that my integrity got all shot to hell, excuse the French, when I, when I blow my gasket up at somebody. You know, um, but integrity, as far as a person goes, you know, I think I'm a good judge of character and integrity most of the time. <laughs> um, well, you know what, Michelle, I'm not going to let you shoot yourself in the foot. Even when you go on your temper tantrum, that has not, that doesn't have much to do with your integrity because you're still honest. You still be telling the truth. Well, you become sarcastic, but your integrity yeah, and that's your true. You know how you, 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 you laugh, and I get sarcastic, so I, I guess I need to learn to be more, have more laugh instead <laughs> with my well, integrity. Well, you got to be careful as far as my Sometimes you'll laugh, and the person, another person can become offended because they think you're laughing at them, or they think you're teasing them, especially if they've been bullied. So I have to be right. mindful of that, but when we talk about integrity, being honest, delivering on your commitment, and apologizing. Like I said, I apologized to the guy when he brought to my attention, well, you laughing doesn't make me feel very comfortable. And I had to let him know, I'm not laughing at you. You know, I'm laughing right. because I hear what you're saying. And a lot of times individuals, they take it personal. So I don't have a problem. Well, yeah, you, and I know that. I know that I've said something to have offended someone if that was not my intention to offend them. Now, another one is execution. Mastering new skills and behavior, striving to achieve executional excellence. A lot of times when we talk about accountability, Michelle, sometimes people think they know everything and you can't teach them nothing. That is a problem. I remember I used to date this guy, and he used to always say, his father would tell him, you go answer to somebody. You go answer to somebody. And that is so true. Because even like That's when my true. friends would be like, well, Granny, you're the boss. Granny, you're the... I still got to answer to somebody. I may not always want to answer to them, but I still got to answer to somebody, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, 
whether it's out in the community and even spiritually. We all have somebody we have to answer to. Now, what was you about to say, Michelle? Well, I was just going to say, as far as the integrity goes, yeah. I mean, when you, if you, you know, if, if you're having a conversation with somebody and, and you do laugh at something they say, they look at you like, sometimes, like you said, and then they think that you don't have any integrity or you don't have any scruples or whatever. Because <laughs> they're like, why is she laughing? Because, you know, it's, but that's a, like you said, it's a defense mechanism and it happens and people do that. But other people on the other end, instead of saying something, you know, like the guy that said something to you might say, might just go and make a report and say, Oh, I tried to discuss this with the mom or the dad and all she did was laugh, Mm -hmm. you know, and they were rude Mm -hmm. and they were this. And it's like, you really, you can say that in a report, but you can't say it to my face. If you had a problem, you know, with something, can't you be able to communicate and talk? Okay. But when they make up their mind that they know best and they know what needs to be done or they have their own agendas for whatever they want to do, then their integrity, as far as I'm concerned, is out the window. Okay. When they can't even... The agenda changes, the, the motive change, and then people will get into cahoots and they will build a team against you because they don't like you. And, you know, and, and I'm trying to remember who I heard it say it. I don't know if it was T.D. Jakes. One of the things he was talking about with different types of friends that we have. But, you know, then there are people, oh, I know what it was, it was Joe Osteen. He said that out of 100 people, he said 25% of people you meet just are not going to like you. He said the other 25% won't like you once they get to know you. The other 25% will like you once they get to know you. Well, 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 no, one 25 will like you. The other one won't like you. He said then there's that last 25% that's going to like you no matter what. And that 25%, we try to keep those people in our lives. Well, people come for a reason and a season, and we don't know how to let individuals go because we think they're always on our team. But by that same token, with accountability, and when you hold someone accountable, you're going to hold someone accountable whether they're right or whether they're wrong. You're going to bring something to their attention. And you brought up something, Michelle, in regards to communication. And communicate and share information because demonstrating accountability and ensuring it in others also involves sharing information and knowledge that will help others know how to behave in certain scenarios. Individuals learn by watching others and practicing desired behaviors, but they also learn from the advice and guidance of others who are already achieving what they call either gold standards or living trying to live like God in regards to accountability. Because for those who manage others, it is also important to communicate the importance of results so that effort does not get confused with outcomes. Meaning you, at least you tried, at least, you know, you go back and you tell the person, you know, there's a different way. Ryder got this thing where he'll say, well, I got a better idea. And I'll be like, I don't want to hear your idea, you know, but some of his ideas may be right. <laughs> but Ryder going to tell you what his idea is. <laughs> right. So, like I said, we just got to get better when it comes or do better when it comes to holding individuals accountable 
knowing how to hold ourselves accountable. And when we start talking about the outcomes, the outcome may not come out the way we want it to be, but if so, we got to go back and do things differently. Now, I have some information, Michelle, that I want to share, and it talks about holding a fellow believer accountable for a sin is completely different than they said. In Galatians 1, 6, it says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, but watch yourselves so you may also be tempted. And that right there is a powerful scripture because sometimes when individuals do something, we thought, well, did you see what Sister Watermelon did? And the other day they did this. You got to be careful with gossiping because gossiping doesn't hold individuals accountable, nor do judging them. Because to hold a person accountable, do not judge, or you too will be judged, for it's the same way you judge others, you'll be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And, you know, that's what bothers me as I'm watching what's going on in our political realm, is there's so much finger-pointing, judging. You know, I, I'm, I'm just like, I used to say, as a joke, I used to say they blame God, they blame Obama, they blame Oprah, and they blame Jeanette. You know, I used to be like, I just blame everything. I can't be, all this can't be my fault. You know, but we have to find another way of doing things. And I'm looking at something, and it says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's one in your own eye. We deal mm-hmm. with individuals that are hypocrites. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And, and it goes back again to being trustworthy. Who can you believe? Any comments in regards to that, Michelle? Well, it's just, it's true what you just said. And a lot of people say it but they don't preach it or do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And it's it makes just, a lot of sense. As far as politics, I just turn the TV off anymore. I just, it's, you know, <laughs> that one doing this, this one doing that. Then you get these links sent to you. Oh, look what happened today about this stimulus. And Joe Biden did this and Trump did that. I'm like, oh, Lord, have mercy. Well, but the thing is, whoever is going to be in office, we're going to have to hold them accountable. We're going to have to let them know we're not going for this. We're not standing for this anymore. You know, we're not going to be, we're tired of watching individuals getting beat up by the police. We're tired of watching individuals not having resources to even pay for food and groceries. I was sharing, I think last week or the week before, I haven't been, no, I I did go to the store for my daughter's birthday. But it seems like whenever I go to the store, and I do it because I can, but pay for people's groceries, where I'll be in the store and the person in front of me don't have enough money to pay for their food. The price of food is out of control. 
You know, right. people know. are getting food stamps and or that are getting food stamps. You know, girl, I know one lady, her food stamps were $15. What you going to do with $15? You can't even buy a, a, a box of cereal, a gallon of milk, and some bread and eggs and bacon for $15. So it's like, those are some of the things we need to be mindful of when we're talking about holding individuals accountable. You know, I woke up this morning and we're talking about, you know, Louisiana, Texas, and I believe it's Alabama. I think there's a hurricane or something coming. You know, what, what are these individuals supposed to do for shelter? And the housing it's just so much. And we have individuals that are placed in position of leadership that we have to make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And I know that they can't do it by themselves. I get that. But we have to stop blaming and judging and coming up with a better way of getting things done. That's true. And as much as everyone tries... I hate to say it, then there's another half that doesn't try. Mm-hmm. You're right. You got those that just sit at home and just fuss and complain and whine and act. You got some individuals that are out there trying to do the work. You got some people out there that are just, you know, delegating things. But it takes a team. It, it takes a team. And I'm looking at something, and it's um, coming up the Internet, and it says, um, holders are fellow believers accountable for sin is completely different from one thing he said. And they talk about how when we start, it says, I think that we can fall into a trap as Christians of thinking that people can't hold us accountable or point out our sins because they're judging us. And because we are all imperfect, that other people have no right to judge us is what they indicate. He said, and so does not think we are supposed to pronounce guilt and sentence on anyone for their sins because we are not the ultimate judge. You know, and I think my son had a tattoo on his arm talking about only God can judge me. But man, Lord, people show come up with some horrible words. They get blamed I know. for all kind of stuff. I know. And then, you know, and with the system, you know, back to the system, which is political and the family law, the juvenile law, the criminal law, you know, they wonder why most of those people have heart attacks, die, quit, and mm-hmm. go on to something else. Mm-hmm. It goes because back to that conscience. It goes back to that conscience. Can you live with that decision you just made? Can right. you just live with the fact that you just sentenced that family or that mother to 40 years in prison for something that, you know, but then someone else gets five years. Can you live with that? You know, it's it's just a lot. It's really, really a lot. And the thing is, too, Michelle, a lot of times individuals give up. They get tired of fighting. You know, here they went from protesting Floyd, George Floyd, to now protesting the guy or the incident that happened in Wisconsin. Thank God the man lived, but they said the man might be paralyzed. And he was shot in front of his children. You know, his right. children got to live with that. What's going to happen when his children see a police officer again? They're going to think, oh, you hurt my daddy. You know, so that right there 
it's 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 a lot. It is a lot. Um, I will tell you. Um, you know, you're right because you remember the incident that happened to me that I explained to you, and I won't go into details. A long mm-hmm. time ago. Okay. To this day, it's been seven years, and my daughter still says, "Is the man coming?" I don't want to see the man. Or when she sees a police car, I don't want to see the man. He's not a nice man. And I have to tell her, you know what, they're not all me. So they're not coming to take you. They're not coming to hurt you. Sometimes they they do help you. Because in her brain, all she remembers is what she saw happen that was unnecessary, inappropriate to do in front of children. And it wasn't even called for because they made a mistake. Mhm. Yeah. And a lot of times they don't even want to admit when they made a mistake. Like I shared on the air about the situation when the SWAT team came to my house because my neighbor lied on me. Somebody heard gunshots and I had dead bodies in my house. If I had dead bodies in my house, how the heck did you know I got dead bodies in my house? And I walked outside and right. the SWAT team was setting up. And when I called and I told teacher to come outside with her hands up, teacher thought it was a joke. She was like, Mom, stop playing. Teacher came outside with shotguns pointing all at my baby and my granddaughter. You know, and it's like, you know, and, and the first And my thing nanny, my nanny thought, my nanny thought it was my kid kicking the wall in. Wow. And I said, wow. she goes, she goes, oh, that's enough. And I'm not going to say which child she thought it was. And I'm like, I, all I could do is say hit the alarm because I had no idea what was coming in. It just well, see, in my situation, I went outside and couldn't figure out why the street lights was out. I was like, why is the neighborhood so dark? And then they got a light flash <laughs> in my eye. Somebody put your hands up. I don't have nothing in my hands. I got on a sh- a pair of shorts and a t-shirt because my masseuse just left. <laughs> so I guess when my masseuse left with her table, my neighbor thought it was a body in a body bag. I don't know. But, you know, and, and the sad part about it is, like I said, accountability. And he should have been held accountable for what he did because he misused police um, funds by making that phone call, and then a couple of, a week earlier, I'm walking, watching them walk up and down the street with shotguns. It's like, oh, so I'm the bad guy, and you walk up and down the street with shotguns whenever you want to. Now, I want to read about some information, and it talks about ten reasons why accountability in the church is unpopular. Because a lot of times, even in the church, we don't want to hold individuals accountable. And they did a survey on Christians across the United States and revealed some interesting facts about the state of accountability in church. And only 5% of the individuals say that their church does not, does not do anything to hold them accountable for integrating biblical beliefs and principles into their lives. For those who are held accountable by the church community in some way, the most common approach to accountability is through small groups. But even so, among those who attend small groups, only 7% says accountability is one of the functions of their group. Now, I think that it has a lot to do with denominations, because I think Jehovah Witnesses hold their members accountable far better than a lot of other um, denominations. I know that with um, Mormons, in regards to the way they hold their members accountable, um, Catholics, in regards to accountability, they do more confession. Christians, it do seem like we get away with a lot when it comes to holding individuals 
accountable. Now, the Muslim beliefs don't know much about what they do in regards to accountability, but I know that in their culture, it's certain Oops. things that you know better than what to happened? do. Now, oh, it's in case, one, people hate conflict. Now, Michelle, do you think that a lot of times individuals don't want to hold individual accountable because they don't like conflict? Okay, I guess she muted herself. One of the things that they found is that a lot of individuals do not like conflict, and a lot of times individuals don't want to become confrontational. And the same is true amongst church members because few people want to call out others who are um, being are doing things. She hung up and calling me back. So, again, individuals hate conflict. Another one, in any case, I lost Christian. you. I know, I heard you, but you're on both lines now with the same number. Um, Christians do not understand that sanctification is a community project, meaning many individuals and many texts in the Bible assume or state that outright that one way for us to grow as Christians is through gospel-centered conversation with one another. Oh, she hung up again. So that's another thing. Another reason why, and they indicate in regards to accountability, is individual like their privacy. Accountability is about confessing sin to one another, but few to date like the idea of divulging their temptation, sin, and the state of their heart. Some individuals find it to be too personal, so a lot of times individuals don't like talking about it. Another reason they indicate is Christians are taught. Seriously enough. And Christians falsely believe accountability is only for behavior modification. That is not necessarily true in some cases. Some reject the idea of accountability because they believe it is all about fear, shame based change. Accountability for them is about staying away from certain taboo sins so that they can avoid an awkward conversation in the future. But the Bible says. There's a kind of conversation that we have that actually addresses the heart, not just the awkward behavior. Another reason is some Christians have experienced unhelpful accountability. For some individuals, their accountability partner or group simply do not work for them. And, you know, and it's interesting that they indicated as such because I was watching this. And one of the things that they were talking about was with accountability is that we need to have a system of accountability. And when we develop a system for accountability, then we can develop commissions, we can develop teams, we can develop um, programs or, you know, doing different ways or going about it differently in regards to holding individuals accountable. And in regards to a uh, accountability Meaning, if you see something, say something. If you see something that's not right, do something about it. Now, let me look Michelle back on. I know you're going off and on. Michelle, anything, I know we are almost done with the show. Anything you want to add to the show or tell the, the listeners as we get ready to end the show and we're talking about accountability? Not at this time. I'm on here, Michelle. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. so I don't know what Michelle is saying. So it's one of the right. things 
And I want to say, because I know we only got a few minutes, a few seconds. Michelle, I don't know what you're saying. We got a few seconds left on the show. Talk about accountability. And there's a lot of biblical scriptures that you can also read yourself. And I want to read James 3.1. Not many of you should come or should become teachers, my brothers, for you know we teach will judge with greater strictness. Meaning, if you're doing something out of order, you're doing something and you're out of line, or you're doing something with ill intention and it's not for the betterment of individuals, first, hold yourself accountable. And then secondly, we got to do better with holding other individuals accountable because we're letting them know we trust you, but we also trust God. You've been placed in situations and positions because it is believed that you're going to do what you're supposed to do. If you're not going to do it, step down, resign. You can always do that. Even in ministry, individuals take sabbaticals. But let's stop hurting our people and get back to helping one another. So I want to thank you for joining us here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. And thank you, Michelle, for joining me today. I truly appreciate you. Anything else you want to say, Michelle, before we end the show? No, but I don't know if you know, I got lost. For some reason, it disconnected I and I came back on. So, okay. I, I no, um, I just enjoy the show. I think you're awesome. I enjoy listening every week. Even if I don't sometimes get to call in, I listen and I share the information because I think it's very important. And mm-hmm. um, that I just hope that, you know, everybody takes what we're talking about and starts to put their foot in front of each other and do it. That's true. Because like I said, we got to first remember who we are accountable for. And we also got to remember who is holding us accountable. And what does the Bible say about accountability? That is very important. And when we look at it from those three different perspectives, we should do things differently. So, again, thank you for joining us here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Until next week, remember you got this. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, Michelle. Bye-bye. Thank you.